Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles. Today, we are going to talk about our workforce and what we can do better to develop it in our shops. Joining me today is Carly Kistler-Miller. Welcome, Carly. Thanks, Miles. I know when it comes to workforce, some things are out of our control, but there are some things that we can control. Available supply of potential talented performers is in short supply and not in our control. People are looking for careers without college debt. But the bottom line is there just aren't a lot of applicants or people interested in the idea of manufacturing as a career. That's true, and when you're talking about the college debt, that can add up quickly, and it's always had a sort of dirty job kind of thing, but it's really not anymore. So now there's people out there, though, that have the talent and the skills that can be harnessed in our shops. Well, I'm not sure I like the word harnessed. Uh, I think our performers are better than pack animals. But wow, one of the really? That's where you're going to go with that. <laughs> well, I, would I look good in a harness? <laughs> it has other meanings. Well, I suppose. One of the things that we can control is how we integrate our performers into our craft, how we help them develop the skills they need to build a successful career. In many cases, I think we're using the wrong tool for the job. In fact, one of the biggest mistakes we make, I think, is trying to pair up the novice with the expert. In my experience, the expert is really your worst trainer. I can believe that. I mean, sometimes it's hard to break down a concept just because you, you know it and you're the expert in it doesn't mean you can break it down to the point where you can teach it to somebody else. There's not common stimulus of, of that means to do something. There's not common vocabulary. Communications are from two opposite extremes. Generally speaking, I found that the best trainer is someone who has just mastered it themselves. They understand the awkwardness you feel. They understand the discomfort. They're the ones who can say, hey, watch that when that happens and you're in the place, and so you actually make a connection. The expert will probably blow by three chapters of important information you should have known and just expect you to react, and you had no idea that that was a reactable event. You know, that explains why, after I'd been here for about a month, you asked me to put together the onboarding process because I had just been through it and I knew what, if there were any pieces missing and, uh-huh, okay, I got a glimpse into it now. Now you know. <laughs> so let's look at the taxonomy of upskilling. Which is my lease for, we're gonna break it down to understand it and solve the problem, make it better. Okay, in plain English, are we using the right tool when upskilling our performers? We have four tools in our toolkit, four approaches for upskilling, teaching, training, coaching, 
and mentoring. Those all sound like the same thing. In our shops, even, even in our schools, many times those words are used interchangeably, but they're not synonyms. They're actually different concepts. Okay, so what is teaching? Teaching is the what. Teaching answers the question, what? Teaching is a process used to give knowledge and information to someone that doesn't have it. Teaching seldom works well in the actual workplace. Teaching needs to be away from the workplace where you can use a rich variety of materials, pictures, videos, discussions, conversations, visuals, all kinds of different resources are used to help get the message, get the information, get the knowledge into the student what it is we want them to learn. Okay, that makes sense. So what is training? Training is not about the what. Training answers the question how. The goal of training is to develop and have the performer demonstrate performance. The objective is to get our learner to perform. Because of that, performance being key, training needs to take place in the work environment. By being in the work environment, you can have multi-sensory associations. When I hear that sound, I touch this tool, I move this button, I do this thing. Training is about doing, Training is about repetition. Training is about being in the place. All right, that's starting to make sense to me. So what's coming to mind is when I learned how to drive. And so teaching was learning this is the brake, this is the accelerator. But training was actually getting into the car and learning how they work and actually pushing them to see how they feel. So how does coaching fit into all of this? Coaching is the tool that's applied after training to help the performer take their performance to a higher level. I'd like to say that it is how plus. How plus? How plus. It gives further depth and polish to the training, the how. Nuances of the work. Hold the tool this way. Only use this tool, not that tool. Where to keep the tools. Why to use the tool. How plus is the interpersonal transfer of skills by demonstrating how to do it as opposed to do it this way. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm still thinking of my driving example and I know what the brake is, what the accelerator is. I've used them, but now the coaching is going to teach me the best way to use them, when to brake, how hard to push, that sort of thing. Exactly. Coaching is not hitting your head on, on the <laughs> dashboard. Coaching is don't push me back in my seat by jamming the gas pedal. Okay, makes sense. So, all right, now we gotta get to mentoring. Mentoring answers why. Mentoring is the tool that is used not to teach, not to demonstrate, but mentoring is actually a technique used to transform the performer's thinking 
and to transform their understanding of the work and the goals of the work that they're doing. This is interesting. So you could use experiences. I'm thinking of my mother taught me how to drive and she told me once that you could be dead right and that is it was at a four stop and it was when it was my turn to go and maybe it was my turn to go but somebody else went and I saw them I needed to stop otherwise I was going to be dead right I was had the right away but I was gonna be dead so. you had the right away yeah I had the right away <laughs> but they had the intersection being dead right dead right <laughs> so can the upskills process start with mentoring I don't believe so. I, I know I've said in the past that to get an adult to change behavior, you've got to create a significant emotional event. Adults really want to know why, but I don't believe you can change a behavior that hasn't already been trained and coached. So I think that the transformation of thinking and understanding has to happen once they've demonstrated uh, the ability to perform. Mentoring cannot happen until the performer has grasped, I like to think mastered, the basics of the task. Left foot clutch, right foot gas, left or right foot on the brake, head hits windshield. No point confusing the new performer with why you use one or the other. They need to figure out how to use one foot on the pedal. Once they can perform the fundamentals consistently and repeatedly, they will be able to devote some additional thinking to their performance. Mentoring, in my experience, almost always involves sharing one's experiences. Okay, I can see the difference now. I mean, when we started this conversation, they, all four words did sound the same, but this makes total sense. So it's like when my mother, again, was teaching me how to drive and she told me about a time that she didn't hit the brakes with enough distance and hit the car in front of her. That was a real life experience as to how what I'm doing is going to affect the outcome. Exactly, you already knew to use your foot on the brake. You already knew to take your foot off the gas pedal, but you didn't know that you needed 200 additional feet of stopping distance. That why, that is the result of mentoring. Right now, the performer knows the basics. They know how it works. And if you've coached them well, they might even have the finer points of how it works. So now they can relate to your personal story and maybe apply the insights that you share. As a plant manager, whenever I had a supervisor come to me and complain, that the new guy wasn't learning, or the new hires weren't as good as the last ones, or that their experienced employees weren't improving, I generally ask them, how are you teaching? Because in most cases, what they were trying to do called for either training or coaching, and trying to teach inevitably ended up in frustration for everyone involved. Well, now that you've explained it, that makes total sense. I hope our listeners have found these four different aspects of workforce development to be uh, illuminating into which tool to pull 
when they're trying to change a performer's uh, behavior or knowledge. Teaching to give them new information, training to give them new skills, coaching to help them polish and improve those skills and performance, and mentoring to understand why so that they can contribute to your organization's continuous improvement as they find their secrets to success, which they'll share with their next generation of workforce behind them. Thank you for joining me. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org. PMPA members benefit from PMPA's education, problem solving, resources, networking opportunities, benchmarking, trends, and updates. I said that all in one breath. Don't forget to join me next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.